Hey there, Quackies. Quick note before we start the show. Since we last recorded with Rob, there have actually been two additions to the portal. Um, both of these players, Hithliday and Rob, touch on, so I figured it'd be good to add this as this goes live. That is Elijah Mojaro. Uh, he goes into the transfer portal with two years of eligibility left. And Caleb Higgins, he has four years of eligibility. Both of them, uh, the first on 420, nice. The second on 421, put up their classic, with that being said, tweets that effectively ended their Cal careers. So uh, on to the show. Quack, quack. Welcome to the Quack 12 Podcast, the most official, unofficial, Oregon Ducks podcast on the web footosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official quacky and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon Duck content. On to the show. Quack, quack. Quack, quack, quack. We are back on track for our roster reviews. Today, we are talking about the California Golden Bears. So you know we have someone who knows all about that wonderful team down south that occasionally beats Washington and makes me so happy when they do. But before we get into that, let us introduce... Addicted to Quacks, managing editor slash film reviewer. That is right, the wonderful Hithliday. Hithliday, how's it going? Uh, going pretty well. How you doing? I am doing good. I'm doing good because, uh, well, this is the third one we've recorded of these so far. I'm always so surprised that we have uh, people ready to talk about some of these teams for so long, so eager to get into every damn person on these rosters. It just, it just makes me happy that there's who still... wouldn't be excited to talk about year <laughs> seven of Justin Wilcox. Exactly. I'm glad we're not talking about year one Justin Wilcox for Oregon personally. But who knows? Maybe that would have. Maybe that's what we needed this whole time. Um, what we need right now, though, is for I would say, well. Overall great podcaster slash dear frenemy of this podcast, and that is Rob Wong of Right for Cal of the California Golden Bear cast. Rob, it's so nice to have you back on. I hate the both of you so much for that. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> well, uh, other than that, are you doing all right? <laughs> can't complain. Spring ball's over, so you know now it's the... Now it's the dreaded, let's talk about what our win-losses are going to be. That fluctuates every single week leading up until August. So this is this is where the fun part begins. Well, before we get into this first roster. Sam Jackson pass, it jumped to 12 wins, right? Yep. And, yep. Then, yep. and then you watch the rest of the spring game, and it was like, oh, no. Yeah, and then every every incomplete pass, it drops a loss. Yeah. Is there? Can you just tell me before we get into this? Because you know, I just watched a lot of Cal basketball too. Um, so can you just why? Tell me, like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you? I mean, why if would you you're not a Cal fan, it's 
actually amusing. <laughs> I know there's uh I know that the Golden Bears are famous for so many other sports than these sports. What is the sport that Cal is just freaking destroying in right now? There's I think there's the, well the two the is women's definitely swimming team made a lot of headlines. Yeah. Okay. So the swimming and diving teams for both men and women, of course, are, are up there. Granted, we, we had a scandal with the women's coach over the last year, so mm. that wasn't great. Um but yeah, that the men's and women's swimming and diving team, uh, the men's water polo team, of course, has an exorbitant amount of uh, trophies in their cabinet, and then uh, of course rugby. Okay, well we're gonna have a wet episode where we all film or record in a pool, only talk about these sports, just to make make <laughs> just up a water sport episode. <laughs> yes. We'll get you, get Stanford, USC, sure. Um, no, but let, let's let's dive get into Washington this Washington because of the color of their pants. Oh, wow. Burn. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into this Gabe's roster. <laughs> um, so, uh, Cal, I, I alluded to it, has uh, one uh, quarterback on the roster who they're paying <laughs> to play football. Uh, his name is Sam Jackson. Um his uh, if you haven't read his two four seven uh, profile, it's pretty amusing. Um, they uh, pretty much have him pegged as a wide receiver. <laughs> How many yep, times but... does he drop the f bomb in that? Uh, <laughs> there uh, are few, if any, allusions to the fact that he shares uh, a name with a famous actor. Um, there are many more allusions to the fact that he should be a very good wide receiver. Um, and in between the two of them is an occasional mention of the fact that he might play quarterback. And yet here he is, the great hope of Cal's quarterbacking future, since um, everybody has left Cal's quarterback room. Jack Plummer, Kai Milner, Zach Johnson, Robbie Rowell. Um, the only other guy that we saw throwing passes for Cal in the spring game was Fernando Mendoza. Yep. Um, I saw a report um, in on right for Cal this morning um, that they're looking in the transfer portal for another guy. Um uh, I, I guess technically in the room, there's also uh, human beings named Tyler Jensen and Noah Mitchum. Um, uh, but right now, that's a is that an accurate description of the quarterback room? Rob? Yeah, I, I think. Um, I mean, of course, Sam Jackson, the fifth is the big one just because we brought him over from TCU. There's some familiarity with the type of system that we're running. I know the coaches talked to uh, Garrett Riley and some of the other guys on the TCU staff just to you know do their due diligence about Sam Jackson. Um, and having spoken to Sam Jackson at practice and stuff, the dude's, the dude's like really, he, he studies the game. He's, um, his favorite quarterback is, uh, Peyton Manning, but he also jokes around that like Peyton Manning wasn't as, uh, mobile as I was. Uh, so it's, and, I mean, and then, Peyton Manning's uh, not as mobile as you are, Rob. Like, <laughs> oh, that's up for debate. That's definitely up for debate. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think you're, your analysis is right. I I do think there's a bit of some Cal fans wanting Mendoza to be the starting quarterback come the fall. I think he he does throw a really nice ball. He has some athleticism that you don't think is there, uh, just because you're comparing him to to Sam Jackson. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean Mendoza, the writers and and I we uh, we joke around. He's our baby Yoda. Like we have to protect him at all costs. He's 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 just he's just such a good dude. <laughs> um, he always tags us whenever he posts something on Instagram or on Twitter, and it's it's just so endearing. I love I love it. Uh, I love the energy he brings, and just uh, how much he always tries to lift up his his teammates rather than his own play. But um, on the field, yeah, it's uh it's definitely going to be a battle coming into fall camp between the two of them. 
Well, he's on the other. I mean, like in every way that I can think of as a quarterback, he's sort of like the opposite of Sam Jackson, right? You yeah. Know, like Jackson is a you know shorter guy. He's like five eleven. He's much more of a runner. Um, he was a four star coming out of a high school. Um, he was not described as a quarterback, whereas. Mendoza is described as a quarterback. He's six five. Um, he's a, a two star and I think a walk on. Um, you know, much more of a you know pocket passer. He has to like hunch over to receive the snap because if he stands up, the court the 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 center can't get the ball to him. You know. Yeah. I, like no, I believe big. uh I believe Mendoza is on scholarship. So oh, he is was he? he was offered. He wasn't. A, I don't believe okay. he was a walk on. Okay, but he's like a you know point seven nine coming out. Yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah. And then like, do you have any like hints about who the portal guy may be or is or not is yet I, connected with anybody? I mean, it's, it, I haven't heard anything as of right now. I do mm-hmm. know that they're looking for a guy who has some NCAA experience under his belt. Um, that leads them to believe they'll probably go after someone who's maybe like a junior or grad transfer senior, mm-hmm. um, that type who's maybe, who maybe had the starting job, but lost it and is a backup somewhere who just wants, uh, you know, maybe another degree or something like that and, and can come in and, and do that. So that's probably what they're aiming for. I doubt that they would go for someone that's younger. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised, but it, I would, um, that's, that's my, uh, that's my thought on who they're trying to go after right now. I think they're trying to balance out the room probably getting a junior or senior in there. Wilcox finally uh, ginned up the courage to fire um, Bill Musgrave. Mid-season. Yeah, I know. As well as uh, Angus McClure. Um, Mm -hmm. And it appears the tight ends, who was the offensive line coach, as well as the tight ends coach, Jeep Christ, I think. Um, uh, At the very least, those guys uh, have been replaced. Although I don't know much about um, the the new offensive line coach, uh, Mike Blush and uh, Tim Plough. Um, they replaced, uh, the, you know, Musgrave, who was the OC slash quarterbacks coach with Jake Spavital, who's, uh, you know, been all over, including at Cal for a a little bit. Um, I think back in 2016, Mm -hmm. um, how would you describe Spav's offense? I mean, he's, uh, we talked or he talked about it, I think on Friday before the spring game, he said that the offense is about 50% installed. Um, so that's kind of what we saw in the spring game. We saw an offense that's there and we kind of get the structure of it, but it's still incomplete. I think everyone's working through the new things that are being asked of them, whether it be the wide receivers, the the running backs, even the offensive line with, cause they have a brand new coach, the tight ends as well. Um, Spav also talked about, you know, just the tight end position as a whole, how he, when he got here, he had one guy who was a tight end and he was listed at a wide receiver. Um, but Coming in now, he has like six or seven guys that he can play around with. So you mean when he was originally Cal? Yeah, yeah. When he was at, Dice, yeah, yeah, yeah right? when he was Dice doesn't really use tight ends, but Musgrave yep. had like four tight end sets that I would see sometimes. <laughs> yep, yeah, yep. Um, so he said he's he's uh, adjusting. You know, the, so he's like learning to play with tight ends. Is what you're exactly. saying? Exactly. Or he's you know, if you look at his time at Texas State, he actually did start to use tight ends. It was just mm-hmm. a it was just a function of how they had recruited up until 2016 when he got here. So I think he actually does love having the tight end position, um, which is why they hired Tim Plough. Uh, Mike Blesch, the new offensive line coach, was at North Texas. And if you look at, I think, the the football insider stats or football outsiders, I uh, can't remember what the name of the site was. Um, outsiders. It's probably outsiders. Yep, you're probably right. Um, 
our our uh, one of our writers, Peter, looked up all of his North Texas uh, the offensive line and, and rushing stats, and you know they were in the top ten for for a lot of the good hmm. measurables um, that you're looking for, particularly last year. So that kind of gets you a little bit excited if you can project that maybe some of that transfers over, maybe not in year one, um, maybe in year two. But it is cool to see, like when you go to practice and you watch the offensive line, you know, because um, he's also the run game coordinator. So you're seeing a lot of split zone stuff. You're seeing a lot of uh, movement with the tackles and the guards. You're seeing a lot of pulling action. I think they know that the offensive line is slightly undersized. Um, so in order to maybe alleviate some of that, they're moving guys around and trying to get guys into the second level um, instead of trying to beat or keep guys at bay, you know, one-on-one with a size disadvantage. So it'll be very interesting. I mean, I know they're going after some of other offensive linemen guys in the transfer portal as well. Hopefully that bears some fruit and you get a guy, maybe maybe a guy or two that can slot in and play, you know, either a tackle or a, a guard position right away. Um, but yeah, it's, it's looking fun. I mean, you, you know, if you, you want, you guys watched our spring game, or at least I know Hitler did. I, uh, I sure did. I mean, the yeah, first I, pass uh, was doing something. <laughs> I mean, the first pass of the the spring showcase was like a you know. I mean, the ball came out of Jackson's hands. It was just some you know, it was a nice pretty spiral. Yeah. Um, And then you know the the rest of the passes basically for the rest of the game was sort of like, oh boy, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Like you know, there's sort of you know, it was sort of like I think one of the commentators during the game was like, oh hey, this is like watching Chase Garbers again, and like. You know, I, I, you know, it's kind of weird. You know, fans love scrambly quarterbacks who sort of yep. like improvise plays and do jump passes and stuff. But like film analysts are sort of rolling their eyes at the whole experience. It's just like I, I want Peyton Manning's man. Like, <laughs> you know, I want a quarterback who stands in the pocket and delivers, you know, thirty passes a game accurately because yep. that's how you move the ball, not like drama makers. And so, like when Jackson does that, like I, I'm sure you know the pass that I'm talking about, where yeah, he's like run around in the pocket. And then he like jumps and throws backwards across the middle and it's, you know, the super dramatic pass and the crowd goes wild, you know, both of them. Um, and, and it's just like, don't do that. Please don't ever do that. You know? <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? I, there's definitely an adjustment period that's happening. I think the 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 optimism, I think, comes from just the the play calling and the and the plays that we saw like the just like that first pass was just. Just down I mean, the field, I, like right? My like my eyebrows were at my hairline. I was like, oh, yeah, that like, was real. We're actually thrown downfield now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Spav mentioned, I think, week one where he was like, you know, like, because they were going vertical from from practice one. And uh, I, I mean, I, Plummer had that ball. I actually thought that was really under like I, in many ways, I thought the Plummer was an unfairly maligned quarterback because um, like he had that in his inventory. It's just like the rest of the offense. It was just like, well, why do I only see that like four times a game? And the yeah. rest of the offense is trying to pound the ball with like an offensive line that can't sustain it. You know, yeah. Bill, you know, I'm yelling at Bill Musgrave, <laughs> yeah. you know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's the that's the fun part, you know, and, and then, as I said, like Spav mentioned, that first practice was like, look, if I don't get to go vertical, it's it's too boring for me. <laughs> so, you know, it, it looks like we're going to we're going to do that. It's a bit more excitement. I mean, Sam Jackson definitely has his <laughs> his ups and downs over like the last month. But, you know, when he has the ball in his hands, there's it's been a while since 
we've had like a guy that kind of gets your butt off the seat at that quarterback position. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was talking to Roxy Roxy Bernstein about this and I was like, look, like your hist- Cal history goes back a lot further than mine. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback this athletic at Memorial before in mm-hmm. Cal colors. And I, I, it's hard, it's hard to go back through all of the, the quarterbacks that have played and say, yeah, he was, he was definitely as athletic or more athletic. It's, it's really hard. I mean, it's definitely true and it's definitely like keep the play alive stuff. But in terms of like, you know, executing an offense, like, oh, yeah, you know, it remains to be seen. It's sort of, you know, like I didn't get enough from the spring game and it certainly, you know, can't say anything about his TCU career because he attempted five passes. I mean, I guess he did complete all five of those passes. So, yeah. <laughs> right. But like, yeah, man, I, it's just like it's a big TBD because, you know, it's Sam Jackson who's completed five passes. Mendoza, you know, who uh, uh, is a question mark, and then like, uh, and then like, literally, we don't know who the portal guy is going to be. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I guess we'll find out. And then like Spav's offense is like, I guess we'll find out too, because like, as you say, you know, he's he's been all over. It's fifty percent installed. You know, it's like I uh, oh, I have to find out how to use tight ends. Hmm. You know, like all of this. You know, it's like taking over. I guess what I uh, you know not to be jockey about it but it's like taking over a roster that was constructed by a dude who couldn't be more different right you know um uh, and like yes the portal lets you transform a roster in a little you know faster way than you used to be able to but like nonetheless it's still you know it ain't it ain't instantaneous you yeah. know so it's like uh, there's a lot about like you know obviously the offense had to change <laughs> like, oh my yeah. god did the offense have to change like i think it rated like uh, 82nd and f plus last year not you actually have football outsiders i'm not probably right about that i'm definitely right yeah 85th <laughs> in in f plus uh last year like yeah the offense definitely has to change and you can't turn it over that fast and you know it, but and they got a new quarterback and like how he executes in the pocket is going to be a question but like nobody can question that dude's athleticism <laughs> oh my god you yeah. know plays are going to be going on for like five minutes while he runs around <laughs> you know dodging dudes. like not in question yeah i think uh you know people have been asking me like what's your takeaways from the spring game and i was like honestly like and like how do you project this offense to be and i i've said look i don't my benchmark for what i think this offense can be and what this team can be probably won't come until like week two of fall camp no. Like if if we still look like this two weeks from that North Tech that that game at North Texas, mm-hmm. we're gonna have issues. Uh, but like, there's still so much time. Oh wait, some of these now. coaches came from North Texas. That's gonna be weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, there's just there's just too much up to change right now. Along with like you know, as as we're talking about it, like we're just going after guys in the portal. Yeah. That it, so much is gonna change. So. All right, let's talk about the running back room. Um, Mm. uh, So returning Jaden Ott. um, At least I think they're returning Jaden Ott. I didn't see him in the spring game. They said he was uh, dealing with a minor injury. Actually, that was kind of weird. Let me ask you. I I only saw a couple of guys during the spring game and not at all the guys that I was expecting. Um, I I saw uh, Ashton Stredick, um, who was a backup last year. Um, And I saw... Uh, Andy Alfieri, who I think is a tight end slash fullback. Yep. Um, and I think I saw like Aiden Lee, who's like yep. a, like a walk on or, or a deep, like wide receiver. Actually, I think he's like a three star. Um, I, I was like, not 
running backs, you know, but, but they, you know, but they got some, you know, some interesting, you know, characters, but I didn't see it. I didn't see Jade not. I didn't see Byron Cardwell. Who's the Oregon transfer. Um, I didn't see Justin Williams, Thomas, who's the Tennessee transfer. I didn't see Javian Thomas, who was uh, the true freshman who I know they like a lot. Although actually I don't think he's going to arrive in the fall. Um, like what was up with that? Um, Ott was, I think, a game day scratch because they showed he's dealing with a mild injury. Justin mm-hmm. Williams Thomas hurt himself, like, or he, yeah, he's out injured. It was like right before the start of fall came, or spring ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Cardwell is dealing with just a like a small injury as well, nothing severe. so all just like minor injury stuff. It shouldn't, yeah, yeah, not at but, all. But all of them were like practicing during spring, and so at, like other they than were... other than Williams Thomas, uh, everyone else was practicing at some point. Um, okay. If not for most of, or but of like, ball. but they had been absorbing Spav's wisdom during this time. Even with the team. You oh know? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. They uh, they haven't been anywhere. It's just uh, I think Cardwell just missed the last week of spring ball. Uh-huh. Um, Ott's been there the entire time. Just yeah, Justin William Thomas has of course been around the team. Just was out with an injury, and then uh, so Aiden Lee, who's a wide receiver. I think they just needed a body, so they plugged him in there. Yeah. Um, Andy Alfieri, tight end slash fullback, H back. And so they just slotted him in there because sure. he actually has some experience playing it, I think, do, in high school. Do, before I forget, uh, Alfieri and Lee, are they going back to being? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was just that they they're, just needed those bodies. Those permanent yeah. running backs. Because, I mean, I, I mean, I guess it is sort of a serious question. This is a bit of a small room, right? You know, yeah. like even assuming, you know, all of the five guys that I mentioned do arrive and are fully healthy, Ott, Stretic, Cardwell, Williams, Thomas, and Thomas. You know, five guys ain't a lot. Are they expecting to maybe grab another guy in the transfer portal or maybe switch over Alfieri or Lee? I could see that. I could see them going after another guy in the portal. I do think, you know, we're missing Bo Tagaloa, who's the fullback in that mm-hmm. room as well. Um, you know, the the writers and I were talking about this and uh, Peter kind of mentioned like he would love to see Alfieri as maybe the power back role. He did look good in that role during spring ball. Mm. Um, so maybe that's the move, uh, that they make. Uh, I mean, he was a, he was an, he was a linebacker before they moved him over to the, to tight end, uh, for last or this fall. So, or this spring. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of movement that still could be made. I do, I do agree with you. I think that room is a little bit small. Um, but you know, if everyone's healthy, like that, I don't think there's anyone, there's not more you can give snaps to outside those top three guys, yeah, sure. of Ott, Ott Cardwell and Justin Williams Thomas. Um, I like, for what it's worth, you know, since I've been having to do film study on the guy for a while, I, I like Barring Cardwell a lot. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. In fact, going from the 21 season to the 2022 season, he was the returning Pac 12 player who had the highest yards per carry, you know, with a minimum number of, you know, 50. He was a serious running back. Yeah. Um, like he just, you know, sort of lost out in the lottery. Basically, Oregon had a bunch of injuries in their running back room. And so they took a, a like more portal guys in than they otherwise would have. And then everybody got healthy. And so they're like, Oh shoot, we got more guys than we need. And he just drew the short straw. Um, uh, but like, I think he's really good. Um, and so I was sort of surprised when I didn't see him, but like, yeah, he's got a minor injury. Actually, you know, th- that it-, it should be actually really interesting to come fall camp, you know, cause Ott, I, you know, I think that Ott is a, is a great running back, but like, He's great in a certain way. Um, and the the other, you know, Cardwell is great in a different way. 
And like that could be a hell of a one two punch. I don't know much about Williams Thomas. Um, like uh, there there could actually be, you know, kind of a either a one two punch there or, you know, a, a real battle like, you know, it's it's entirely possible that like Ott winds up not being the number like getting the most carries, I guess I would put it that way, which is like I know that sort of might sound like a crazy thing to say, given that he had like 170 carries last year. But like that just might be the way that it works out, you know, um, that they might, you know, want to split the carries up. You know, that's how good I think Cardwell is. Um, yeah, I, I think there's going to be some protecting over all of those guys, right? Like Ott might not get as many carries as he did last year, but he will he might have, you know, more snaps. Like they'll put him out mm-hmm. in more passing situations. Um, like Cardwell is definitely he's he's definitely stronger. I think Ott definitely has the more top end speed. Um, but, you know, they wanted Cardwell coming out of high school, too. Like we were in, yeah. I believe, his final three or something like that. And he ended up picking Oregon at the very end. Um, so there is. It, it we didn't pull him like out of the portal just because we needed a running back like there was a relationship already there once he hit it they were like we still want you here um and they kind of the same deal what we had when we uh pulled Xavier Carlton from Utah so and just to confirm uh the departures uh DeCarlos Brooks Damian Moore Ashton Hayes Chris Street are all all hit the portal right yes okay all right tight ends all right we already talked about Alfieri. Let's see. Kaliki Latu and Jermaine Terry both transferred out. Were you surprised by either one of those? I was surprised that both of them left. I suspected at least one of them would stay just because, mm-hmm. you know, just for snap reasons alone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was kind of surprised. Um, I was also surprised just because I believed if one of them had stayed, they were going to get the bulk of the, the targets and, you know, just the snap count. And both of them kind of foregoed it. So in a very pass-heavy offense, too, or should be a pass-heavy offense. Um, but, yeah, that was definitely surprising. Um, uh, Elijah Maharo returns. He got mm-hmm. a few catches last year. Yep. Um, uh, we saw Andy Alfieri, but l- like you said, he's a bit more of a fullback. You said that you were down Bo Tagaloa, who was this uh, San Diego or excuse me, San Jose State transfer. You meant that he was like a little banged up. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. yeah okay. He wasn't he wasn't playing, um, but yeah, he is listed as the fullback. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, the uh, guys that they brought in through the the transfer portal mm-hmm. were uh, Asher Alberding. Uh, I, I was seeing him play with the ones, mm-hmm. and uh, JT Byrne from Oregon State. He didn't really get any play um, with the Beavs last year. Yep. And then uh, the returner that I was seeing play, interestingly, with the twos was Jack Endries. Um, He didn't he was a a freshman and I think a walk on with Cal last year. Um, But I was seeing him play with the twos. I was a little surprised because there's a scholarship guy, I think, ahead of him, Jack Muller. But I haven't seen him at all. I didn't see him last year. I didn't see him in the spring game. Um, So I think Muller's dealing with an injury, too. Okay, I think what's what do you think the pecking order is here? You know, I'm a big fan of Jack Endries. Um, I, from the people I've talked to, they really like his athleticism. Um, they think he's a guy that kind of flew under the radar, you know, from a recruiting standpoint um, and is going to be really good for us. He has skyrocketed up the depth chart. And, you know, he's playing with the twos now. Like, I honestly, during during camp, he was basically a 1.5, right? He was, they were trying hmm. to, they were just trying to get him in wherever they could. And I think just, uh, just for the sake of the continuity of offense, they put in Alberting just because he has familiarity with um, Mike Blesch. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think uh, 
I think Andres is pushing. I, he has the best nickname, I think, on the roster right now, which is, they call him Baby Gronk. Oh boy. Um, Whew, there you go. I, I've, I've. There's many that have been called Baby yeah. Gronk, and a lot of times, it'll yeah. Work out. Oh, man, I mean, I'm Gronked out. I'm, I'm watching. I'm, I have to write the Arizona article. It's due tomorrow, and like their spring game was coached by Gronk, and the oh. other team was coached oh, by Lord. his brother Gronk. Like, oh God, yeah, so, yeah. And this no, time they actually Gronks, he parachuted out of a plane, and his his baby brother caught him actually this time. Oh, so yeah, oh my God, yeah, right. Yeah, I but I mean honestly, I you know that the the one time he like lived lived up to his nickname during uh, spring ball that I remember is they it was I think it was on seven on seven and he just uh, he just ran he just ran a seam route and he just ran it perfectly and split the safeties and the ball was placed perfectly to him and he just ran it in for a touchdown untouched um, from like I think like forty five or fifty yards out so I'm really high on him. Um, and I know a lot of the, the high school coaches in the area are, were really high on him. Um, and I know, of course, the coaching staff is really high on him. So I think that the, as of right now, the pecking order probably goes Alberting, uh, burn Endries, but Endries probably could, could, uh, shoot up into that like 1.5 rule. We'll see that. I mean, that's the thing is that like, okay, they brought in two transfers, Alberting and Bring, Alberting and Bring. Both of those guys have been around, you know, for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Byrne has never caught a pass for Oregon State. He's been there for two years. Alberting has caught two passes for North Texas, mm -hmm. you know, and both of those were in 2020. Like, and he played 14 games for them, like uh, in in 2022, you know, 14 games were apparently all he was doing was throwing blocks. Um, and it's like sort of hard for me to believe in a Jake's Pavital offense that he wants a tight end to just be throwing blocks. Yeah. Um, so like. I kind of feel like after all this talking up that I, I want to write like a screw those guys is going to be injuries. Um, I, you know, it's, it, it's hard to balance too, because like you have to take everything. It's new. It's just context, right? Like if the offense is 50% in then, and they've been focusing a lot on the run blocking, then it makes sense that Alberting is the TE one during that transition phase, just because he knows what to be doing. Um, and like, he can kind of coach up some of the other guys around in what Blesh wants out of that, um, out of the run blocking scheme. But like from a, from a production standpoint, you nailed it. Like it just, it makes sense to give the younger guy who has a little bit more hype to, to get him those snaps. Um, so I do wonder if that changes come, come fall camp. And it probably, it probably does once oh, they get a little right. bit more uh, passing plays with the tight ends in the, in the playbook. All right. Let's talk about the wide receivers. Uh, nice. Losing the great J. Michael Sturdivant uh, to the transfer portal. Uh, we, don't, we don't talk about him anymore. The hungry, hungry <laughs> transfer portal. Yeah, man. Um, let's see. Uh, well, the transfer portal brought you Brian Hightower um, from yep. Illinois, um, mm -hmm. who I, but although curiously, I only saw him a little bit. I think he was playing with like the threes. Um, yeah, I know he's been dealing with a little bit of an injury. So I think they just brought him along slowly during the spring, I see. during the spring game. Uh, he, you know, he was a, he was a, a four star. I think he originally signed with Miami and he wound mm -hmm. up with Illinois last year. Um, yep. he was, I guess I would describe him more like a production. You know, I, I watched a bit of his film, you know, just to, uh, 
as a little prep. You know, I describe him more as like a product, a possession receiver for yeah. Illinois. You know, like you know, he got a bunch of catches, but it, it you know it was it was a bunch of like you know third down we need seven yards and he would get exactly seven yards for him kind of deal. Um, so that you know that's interesting. Um, they uh, but you know other than Sturdivant, they bring back pretty much everybody you know in the wide receiver room. In fact, it's like kind of an enormous wide receiver room if you start yeah. counting all, all these uh, uh, walk-ons who were getting play in the in the spring game. Actually, that was really weird how many like walk-ons that were playing while I meanwhile I was not seeing a lot of the dudes that I was expecting to like Starling and Baker and Christakos. Um I was that all minor injury stuff too. Yeah, I know Starling's Starling is dealing with an injury, Christakos is dealing with an injury as well. Uh, right. yeah. So I mean, I expect as much. It's, yeah. it's it's spring. I just you know wanted to, but it's also transfer portal season. So yep. you know, yep. Yep. you know, always you know, gonna verify this first thing. Okay, um, but you know, like I said, bringing back boy, oh boy, this is a big wide receiver room. So bringing back you know Jeremiah Hunter, uh, uh, who had you know close to a thousand receiving yards last year. Uh, Maven Anderson, um, Monroe Young, Mason Starling, Justin Richard Baker, uh, Tommy Christakos, uh, um, Mason Mangum. You know, had a had a catch last year. Um, uh, uh, the retro freshman JV and Plummer, mm-hmm. um, uh, Aiden Lee, uh, uh, Grant Daly. I think that's it for the scholarship guys. Um, uh, uh, did I miss anybody? Uh, I'm looking at the roster, and I don't think you have. Grant Daly also has a really good nickname. They call him the Mayor. Oh boy, which is that I like. I yeah, like that one. That's I haven't one. heard that one. Yeah. There were a couple of walk-ons who were getting some play that, like, uh, y- you know, the the commentators wouldn't they, they wouldn't shut up about Tron Grizel, uh, yeah, because he's tall, I guess. Uh, I mean, he's got a cool name too. Trond is is a pretty cool first name. <laughs> I guess it's a it's a common Nordic name. Um, the uh, the 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 but I I sort of expect the scholarship guys will, will be getting most of the passes. Um, yep. Uh, I did. You know, I've been watching, you know, these guys for uh, several years now, you know, every, every one of them came in in the 2020 class or or, or early, except for Anderson, I think he came in in 2021 class. Yep. Um, like, uh, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, how much there is to talk about here. It's a, I, I've always sort of liked this group. I definitely thought, you know, it was an upgrade from the 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 early years of the, you know, Wilcox administration, you know, where, you know, guys couldn't create separation and suddenly <laughs> you sort of you have a group that can you know i like hunter you know yeah. a lot um you know i uh, you know there's a couple guys who i think could work on their hands you know you know there's a couple hands issues with a couple of guys but like you know i i, I actually think this is a surprisingly g- good group of, of of wide receivers they just need a quarterback who can get them the ball and an offensive line who can protect the quarterback long enough for those routes to develop um yeah. is that is that your read as well yeah i think um yeah, I mean, there's not much to talk about because the guys that are, have given us production are the guys that are going to be giving us production. Um, I think the two guys that kind of fly under the radar, at least for this upcoming season that I'm kind of hyped about, of course, is Javen Plummer, um, the the redshirt freshman. I think he's he's really good and he's gotten a lot better. Um, I just don't know where he, he fits in, in in terms of the, the two deep as of right now, but I do think they'll fit him in somewhere. And then the the big one that everyone, you know, if, who follows recruiting that is kind of excited about is Nizia Hunter. Um, we have another wide receiver whose last name is Hunter. So that'll be interesting to see mm. what they do. With but the he doesn't arrive till the fall, play. right? Yeah, he doesn't arrive till the fall. Um, but they're, I know the staff is very high on him. They're expecting a lot of him. I could easily see him, you know, just 
flit uh, just fit right into the J. Michael Stern event role um, next year if he comes in and, and performs as they're expecting him to. So, but those two guys. And it's a good, and, and the other thing that should be said about them is that, you know, it's a lot of tall receivers too. You know, they have a couple yeah. of guys who are like clearly slot guys, you know, you know, Baker and, and Mangum are, are, you know, on the shorter side. And, you know, a couple of guys who are like six, even, you know, Anderson and Young, who, go, you know, I think who could, you know, who play either side, but, you know, like Starling six, four, Christakos is six, four, you know, Plummer six, three, Hightower six, three, Hunter, Jeremiah Hunter is six, two, you know, like there's some, you know, there's some real size, mm -hmm. you know, in the receiver room, you know, like I, I got, I, I got no real complaints about how this receiver room is composed. It's, it's an offense that definitely like, I guess I would put it this way, being ranked 85th in, in F plus, you know, in terms of offense was not because the wide receiver room was full of duds. Like yeah. you know, it was the last problem that they had. Yep. Um, it was pretty much everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about the offensive line. Oh boy. Yeah. Right. Um, I would love to make a, a super cut of every time we've gotten to a part over the years when Rob goes like, Oh boy, we got to talk about this unit. <laughs> yeah. It's usually been the offensive line. Yeah. I think well, it, really you could probably say that for most. Yeah. I know. Like why restrict it to Rob? It's like, you know yeah. what I just said, Hey, the problem's not the wide receiver unit. Let's talk about the offensive line. Oh man, do we have to like, you could do that for every pack. Yeah, man. that is very true. Um, okay. So, Okay, so the offensive line is losing Ben Coleman, mm. who played both left guard and left tackle. Um, yep. He's off to, to ASU. And Spencer Lavelle, who played right guard, I think he's off to Kansas. Yep. As well as a couple of guys who I don't think played, uh, Ryan Lange and uh, Colin Maroney. Yep. Um, I think that's it for the departures. Yep. They are returning. Um, I, I think everybody who played last year um uh brian driscoll who played left guard and center uh matthew sindrick um who played center and right guard although i don't i think he was being held out during the spring game so i didn't see him yeah uh, he's just uh he's just on the like the end of recovery from okay injury uh siope uh vaticani um who played as uh, the guard spots um, Braden Rome, um, who played uh, both the tackle spots, um, and then some of the guys who like rotated in um, for injury reasons: uh, Everett Johnson, who played at left guard, and TJ Session and Ender Aguilar, who I saw at right tackle spots during mm -hmm. the year. Have I got all that right? Yep. Uh, during the spring game, I saw a couple of guys who played um, uh, who who I don't think I saw during the 2022 season, but I saw them playing during the spring game. I saw Trent Ramsey and Jackson Brown and uh, Bastion Swinney. Um, yeah, I don't I can't remember if Bastion actually played a little bit last year. Um, mm. uh, I think Trent Ramsey also injured himself like in fall camp, but then came back uh, and I think played either a snapper or maybe a game or so uh, yeah. somewhere down the line. And then Everett uh, or Jackson Brown too, uh, I think maybe got a few snaps in, but yeah, you're, you're on the right. And then the curious thing to me was during the spring game um, was that I was seeing uh, number 74 Deshaun Harris play center with the twos. 
Um, but I didn't see, uh, but, uh, but I believe he's a, a walk on and a redshirt freshman, but I wasn't seeing, um, guys who I believe who are on scholarship, like, um, Dylan Yemtegaard, uh, or Colin Hamilton or Nick Morrow, uh, playing at all. And I was like, huh, is he jumped the queue? Um, uh, do I, do I have that right? I think. Um, I, I think it's just a, a placement of where they want guys. I know they mm. they were saying that how they tried early on in camp. They were like, yeah, we tried out like 10 different guys at center, like yeah. over the first couple of weeks. Um, I think well, snapping still... the ball is a specialized skill. I, I can yeah. understand that. Yeah, I think they're just evaling a bunch of guys. I think, you know, Nick, Nick Morrow is is one of the guys that I'm really excited for. He, he's a tight end that they projected better offensive line and they asked him to. Uh, make that change and he was happy oh he's to do six that. eight oh i understand yeah. well that makes sense and a yeah. true freshman okay i understand why <laughs> yeah. he would be playing center okay well yeah. that, that, that one makes sense what's the story with you to guard um i i don't know i think uh i th- i think they're they want to play him um he's one of the more sneaky athletes on the offensive line i just don't know where they're hmm. trying to get him into i think ultimately they probably want to get him in at a guard spot um but you know, once again, comes down to the transfer portal. If we can get a couple guys that can maybe play the the, the tackle spots, then that frees up uh, Dylan to play inside. But they might, you know, be needing him to play tackle if we don't get enough bodies. Well, you know, the, that is the weird thing about this, Rob, is I, I only see one new guy. Mm hmm. Uh, for the on the entire roster, and that's uh, the Juco Martin Tyne. And I don't think he arrives until the fall, or at least like I don't have a jersey number for him. Yeah. Um, I don't think he arrives to the fall. I don't think they took a single freshman in the 2023 class. Is that right? I think you're right. I think. And I, I don't think I don't see anybody coming in for the portal who's an offensive lineman. Yeah. No, I mean, not as of yet. I do know that they're they're targeting, you know, quite a few guys. OK. Um, in the, I guess we'll have in the to portal keep an eye on that. Yeah. Uh, but I know the two names I think for me is uh, Jackson Brown is definitely one of them. And of course, Trent Ramsey is the other. Um, I think they're really high on those two guys making that jump into the two deep. Um, I don't think really because were... I was seeing them play with the twos in the spring game. Yeah, I think but I think they're really looking to get them to push into that, you know, maybe even the, the first team line or, you know, being one of the first guys off the bench. Um, those two guys, I think Trent Ramsey was I don't think he was a unanimous four star, but I think certain rating sites had him at he's a like borderline he was in in the composite he was an 8824 which is like you know high three star almost a four star yeah um and yeah you can definitely you can definitely see why um he was rated pretty highly and then jackson brown of course is just the the local kid but he's he's a wall of a man mm-hmm. um and so i know he took a visit to or the cincinnati wanted him real late um but you know ultimately he stuck with us so I do think they're they're high on him as well, and they're hoping that the two guys can step in um, and take one of those guard spots or maybe one of those, those tackle spots. Do you think that um, – so during the spring game, they had Rome playing left tackle, mm-hmm. and they had TJ Session playing right tackle. Do you mm-hmm. think that's how they solve the, the, the problem come fall? Honestly, I Honestly, I think that they're going to solve one of the tackle spots via the portal really mm-hmm. i think okay. that's, i think that's what they're going for any any names that cal's connected to that you want to put a marker down on 
Uh, I mean, not not as of yet. I know, like the of course the the big name that you know everyone's kind of wanting to go after is Cameron Johnson, right? The mm-hmm. the tackle out of Houston. Um, there's some interesting things with his social media where he like only follows a bunch of Cal guys, hmm. and not you know you know there was a report the other like last week about him only focusing on SC and uh I can't remember one other school. But then if you read the article itself, the article doesn't actually have a quote from him saying that he's only focusing on those two schools. It's just those are the two schools that he took visits to over the last two weeks. Um, So, yeah, I don't I, honestly like that would be one hell of a pull. I think if you if you make that, then I, he immediately slots in at one of the into that tackle spot. Right. And, and it kind of kind of helps us with that issue. But, you know, one guy isn't going to change the o-line it just creates a little bit more depth at other positions for us well i mean if you if you had a reliable starting caliber tackle you know i think it would change the picture you you plug that guy in and then it's just you know rome at one of the tackle spots and then you have driscoll Sindrick, and vatikani and you're done you know yeah Uh, i if not, you probably have to go with Session, who's like, that's an interesting one because, you know, he's an FCS transfer and I think he was unranked out of high school. Yeah. Um, And like, I don't know, man, I think there's probably some difference between Session and like a starting caliber power five portal guy. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. I just uh, I just have PTSD. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, that's sort of the deal is that, like, I don't Cal has not recruited very well at the offensive line. You know, like there's a couple like you're right about Trent Rancy and like Vatikani is actually kind of the exception in being like a point eight seven. But like most of yeah. these guys are like low to mid three stars. And yeah. like I sort of understood bringing in and- Angus McClure, even though I don't think he's a very good offensive line coach, because like he sort of has a reputation as being a good recruiter. Yeah. And then he didn't recruit very well. Yep. Um, and, and so it's like, you know, like the, the average roster talent for these guys is poor. And, and then I'm looking at, I'm like, well, but surely there's going to be a great 2023, you know, freshman, you know, class. And, and so like Cal fans just wait, you know, just wait a couple of years. They're, they're really building up the offensive line talent. And so this problem will all be solved in 2025, but, but but instead, like there's zero, and I'm like, how the hell is this problem ever going to be solved? And I don't know. I, I guess I'm 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 jumping the gun here, but like, fire Justin Wilcox. This is unacceptable. <laughs> they didn't recruit any freshman offensive lineman, and offensive line is a huge problem. Like, yeah, this is unacceptable. Yeah, I, I you know I how they approach the the issue like. First of all, I'm not in those meetings, so I have no idea. But it doesn't it doesn't bode well, at least from just a outward, you know, f- looking standpoint of how could you not when it's probably the most glaring issue on your offense. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yes. you know, yes. Angus McClure coming in, that's exactly what we expected of him. You know, Greatwood was 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 the perfect guy, you know, at the start. He retired. So what do you do? You make the switch from like top tier coaching to potentially top tier recruiting didn't pay out for three years at all. And then now you bring in a guy who has the coaching experience is probably a little bit more hungry to, and is younger too. So maybe that translates, uh, literally hired. Blesh was hired December, January, something in that line. Um, there's like three months between that hiring point and the, 
the and signing day. I don't understand why there's well, zero I mean, freshman offensive lineman signing. Well, to be to be fair, like signing day no longer is really signing. Day. I, I mean, okay, signs I understand in that. Like, right. in like mid December now, right? Zero freshman offensive lineman sign is unacceptable. Like I don't like unless you, yeah, I, I was I was prepared for you to say like, oh no no no, here's the plan. You don't get it, Hithliday. There's actually a plan. Let me tell you all about it. We're we're geniuses here at Cal. We have a secret <laughs> plan to win the war, and here's what it is. And instead, your response is like, um, well, I understand why you'd be pissed off about that. Yeah, I think honestly, you know, if I were to if I were to look at the tea leaves and, and make a plan. I think they're really trying to build it out of the portal, at least for this upcoming season and then letting blush do his recruiting stuff with the freshman for starting with the 2024 class or 20. Yeah. 2024 class. It's really okay. hard to get into Cal. Huh? All right. <laughs> well, you can lower the APR to nothing and do the Tedford thing. <laughs> yeah. That, that went well for Tedford. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, you could eventually get a job calling Pac-12 games. That's uh, uh that's true. It's true. Uh, let's switch over and talk about the defense. Yeah. Were you satisfied with the defense last year, Rob? Satisfied with the defense last year. Um, I mean, from a expectation standpoint, probably not. But understanding the context and like everything that happened during the year and the guys that we expect it to be playing all year, not playing for the majority of the year. Was, what happened there? Okay. I mean, look, we expect, down? I mean, we expected uh, Brett Johnson, you know, to, to play the entire oh, season and sure. he goes down week one. Yeah. Um, Lou, Lou Hearns like was, mm-hmm. had a nagging injury the entire year the, through the cornerback you're referring to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the linebackers just the off the outside linebackers, just nothing, could get nothing happened with them in terms of development. Um, Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of guys started to get injured at, at those spots as well. So, well, hold on. I understand the, the outside linebackers underperformed, but were there guys who were not playing that you expected to play? Um, Yeah, I think uh, some guys got injured. Like uh, Xavier Carlton played with basically that club on his hand, like halfway through the season for the rest of the year. Mm. They moved the Killy Calhoun outside linebacker. And then he was out for the, for the year, like, you know, maybe a couple weeks in. But yeah, that's just that's just who comes to mind right now. You mentioned Brett Johnson. I didn't see him in the spring game still. Like, yeah, I they're they're bringing him along slowly. Like okay. he's there. He's uh he's he should be ready to go by the by the start of the season. So. My God, my my heart goes out to this guy so much. Mm-hmm. Like I really enjoy watching him play, and I just have not been able to watch him play mm-hmm. at all. Like you know, and what he's had to go, go through is just. I mean. To lose a season over a car accident is just like, are you, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I didn't see him in the spring, well, I was so excited to see him you know, finally for the spring game and then not to see him in the spring game. Yeah. Oh, like he was on the sidelines. He was like jumping around and looking happy. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. But then like to not see him play, I was like, not again. Yeah. Like I was just like. Oh man, I'm I'm pulling for him so much. Like, yeah. like I especially I remember in the 2020 season, you know, when like COVID problems was causing Cal to have to like they only had three defensive linemen who were available, and so <laughs> he was having to play like out of position. He was having to. Yeah. He's not a nose guard. No. But like they were forcing him to play nose guard and they were forcing him to play every single snap. And he was like, yes, sir. And he would go out and do it and he'd play his heart out. I was just like, and for him to be rewarded for the cosmos to reward him for that with, you know, that kind of shabby treatment, just like, 
this is this sucks yeah. like uh so like i am a hundred percent my heart is going out for him uh i really hope that he plays and if he does play i think he's just fantastic like and it answers a bunch of questions but if something's still wrong like i i have a bunch of questions you know yeah um i mean he's so, expected to be fully healthy come the start of start of I, fall camp. I certainly hope so that's according to the coaches so um, only a couple of departures, officially anyway, um, from the defensive line unit, uh, Henry Ikahihifo mm-hmm. um, and Gunnar Rask. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actually, the reason why I asked you about, you know, Cal's defensive performance is, you know, this was year 600, Justin Wilcox, who's a defensive guy, F+, plus, um, kept at footballoutsiders.com, <laughs> uh, ranked them as the number 62 defense, not much better than the offense. Um, I chart uh, all of Cal's games, um, you know, went back even after Oregon played them and charted all the remaining games. Um, it's not a good defense like uh, their passing uh, efficiency. They only won uh, 46 and a half percent of their snaps, um, meaning the opponent won, you know, the majority of the snaps. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, they were giving up uh, about eight yards per passing attempt adjusted. About 20 percent of opponent passing plays were gaining 15 percent. Uh, plus yards and the passing defense was the better part of their defense like the rush defense was much worse like the rush defense their success rate was 37.7 percent the opponents were winning uh more than 62 percent of their rushing plays now part of that uh, is is strategic like cal's defensive sort of strategy is they will let you have sort of four yard runs which is sort of enough to be like barely successful and is why like their their success rate is so terrible but like just barely so like they only give up 4.8 yards uh per carry adjusted and they and only about 12 and a half percent of opponent runs gain 10 plus yards which is actually pretty good like but that's the only aspect in which cal's defense is good is they don't let you get explosive rushing but like efficiency runs they will let you get efficiency runs like all day long and i think that you know comes back to like the defensive front is just not you know that great um and uh i i I, and part of that, I think, you know, the reason why I started out asking you about, you know, injuries and, and, and wailing and moaning about Brett Johnson is I really think Brett Johnson would have stopped some of that. Yeah. Um, and the other guy who I think would have, you know, helped stop some of that was Stanley McKenzie, mm-hmm. you know, for, who for like three years I've been asking, like, where the hell is Stanley McKenzie? He's like the, the one nose tackle that you need, you know, in this ostensibly three down system who like I haven't seen three down linemen for Cal, you know, in a three down system since like 2018. <laughs> um, you know, we I, I know that Ricky Cray exists. He's like the only other like three down, you know, uh, 300 pounder. But like, finally, I was like so excited in the spring game. I finally saw Kenley McKenzie, Stanley McKenzie. McKenzie actually has a third name in his jersey now McKenzie Saoli now yeah um that's cool I guess uh so anyway is he healthy is he gonna play Stanley McKenzie available Stanley McKenzie is 100% healthy it's not due to injury that he didn't play last year it was he wanted to take some time away um you know the I think the he lost his he lost his dad Mm. uh midway through the season I think uh two seasons ago And uh, I know the the entire the entire staff um, went out to the um, to the funeral service out in Hawaii um, during the during the bye week um, that year. Mm. So I think he just wanted he they said he wanted to take some time. And I think that's I would, you know, educated guesses. That's probably why he wanted to take some time away from football, you know, maybe just be with family for 
for a season uh, or for like a, a year. And so, but yeah, he's back now. Um, he's, uh, he's great. I mean, <laughs> he's awesome because like they did a, they did a thing, you know, right before the spring game on the Instagram for Cal football about like, you know, who on the other side of the ball is going to get, you know, get some work done. And Stanley McKenzie's answer was the, the barbecue after the spring game. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's just the type of guy he is. And I think, uh, you know, Cal fans and guys who who watch Cal football intently, um, just as much as you, Hitler Day, Stanley McKenzie is definitely one of the big, big like. Oh, I'm so glad we have him back. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, this like so. I've been. I feel like I've been writing the same section anyway of my Cal preview article for years, and I'm gonna write it again. Which is like, if Rich Johnson <laughs> is playing and Stanley McKenzie is playing, so they can actually run a three down front the way that they're supposed to for this defensive structure. And so mm-hmm. that they could actually stop the run. Um, and so defenses could do something besides just run all over them all day long, that this defense could be pretty good. Yep. Um, but if they're not so that they don't, so that offenses can just do that, you know, then it's going to be a problem. Um, do, am I just going to like, is that going to be an accurate thing to write? I think so. I think that's part. I think the the staff even understands that, which is why they went, you know, hard after one more premier defensive lineman, right? Whether that be an edge or an inside guy, they they really went hard after the the. Uh, oh, geez, yeah, I think he was from Texas A and M. He ended up going to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. He was like one of the top defensive linemen in the portal. Um, they really went hard after him. I know, just judging from the social media accounts, the the defensive lineman transfer from uh, TCU who just went into the portal uh, this week, like basically the entire defensive staff follows him on Twitter. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's clear that they know that if they had one more guy just as insurance policy, you know, in the off chance that Brett Johnson isn't or Stanley McKenzie, like isn't up to par this season um, just because of the year or year or years off of football, um, they can maintain some of that defensive structure that they've been wanting to use uh, for the last two years so i mean it's been more than two years <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. like you know we've been talking about these guys who didn't play you know they they bring back a lot of guys who did right you know yep. almost everybody right you know they bring back ricky correa who's you know 340 pounder mm-hmm. um they bring back ethan saunders and nate burrell uh and Jaden roberts you know all of whom you know i would describe as like starters or like high you know rotate big rotational guys um darius long and Achille. Uh, Calhoun, um, who got you know a lot of uh, uh, play, and uh, Calhoun's you know sort of more like an end, um, uh, and then like sort of uh, guys who were freshmen or young players who didn't get uh, any reps last year, but who were like highly recruited. Um, uh, uh, Derek Wilkins and Curly Thomas, who were both mm-hmm. like high three stars uh, in the 2021 and 2022 classes, respectively. Um, so like it's a big room. Um, you know, they certainly have plenty of bodies. Um, they have a good chunk of experience, even though, like I said, they weren't really great at stopping the run last year. Um, and this wasn't a super highly, you know, ranked defense. Um, and you know, like I said, they, they just need a couple, you know, extra components and I got my fingers crossed that they're healthy, but like, but like the dudes that they actually just had, you know, were not, not exactly getting it done, you know? Yeah, I I think honestly, like you expected, you know, maybe Ethan Saunders to have a bit more production. Uh, Nate Perel got thrown in there as a true freshman, and mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a really good year this year just because of how much experience he got this past season. But you know, the the dude 
wasn't fully filled out yet from a physical standpoint and yet was playing basically every single game. Um, and then you mentioned guys like Hurley Thomas and Derek Wilkins and Achille Calhoun. I think you kind of hope and the, the projection, of course, of course, for, you know, if you watch enough college football is by their second or third year, like they take that step up from, you know, just the eyes wide open type of freshman look into someone who can get you production or maybe even take that step into being like a star player on that defensive line. And so that's my hope right now is just one of those guys maybe blossoms um, into that next caliber of athlete for us on that defensive line. Otherwise, it's it's going to be a real long season along that along that defensive front. Outside linebackers. Yes. Officially, this is a 3-4, although, like I said, you know, they're in a 2-4 for most of the time. Yeah. Um, uh, in fact, almost every snap they took in the spring game was a 2-4. The, so they're playing, you know, two OLBs, you know, most of the time. They've lost three of them that I count anyway. Orn Patu um, off to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Weird. He was like a high high three-star borderline four-star and he played like i think he got like 13 tackles in his entire career is like and arizona's really counting on him and i'm like guys don't anyway uh braxton croto who i you know i don't get like uh you know either he's just not listed on the roster i think he's like retired from football uh and adua isabor i I think ran out of eligibility yeah i get all that right yep returning miles jernigan Mm -hmm. sort of you know, been around for a while, I think is relatively reliable, although I also sort of think unspectacular. Xavier Carlton, uh, who had transferred earlier from Utah, you mentioned, uh, you know, had was dealing with like a club on his hand. I, I think they have sort of like high expectations of Xavier Carlton. He was like a four star. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll put it together this year. We uh, saw a little uh, backup time for for Miles Williams. Uh, two other returners who redshirted last year, uh, Mosu Tuatele and Sam Ross. Mm-hmm. They there's two new guys, uh, the transfer from Florida, David Reese, uh, who is a four star and was playing with the ones in the spring game. And then they've got a freshman coming in in the fall, Ryan McCullough, who is a mid three star. Have I got all that right? Yeah. And I think there's one more name. I think it's Elijah Diaz, but that's, oh. that rounds up the room. Elijah Diaz. Huh, not on my list. I'll have to check that out. OK, Um so the interesting thing was that I don't believe that I saw Jernigan or Carlton in the spring game. Yeah, I think uh, once again injuries just minor holding out. Stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, the guys that I saw playing with the ones were Miles Williams um, and David Reese. Uh, I think they went and got Reese for a reason. You know, even though he didn't really play um, last year with Florida, um, I think they like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would sort of expect him to jump to the top of the list. Um, is that your expectation too? Yeah, I think uh, it's just it's a one year gamble, right? And yeah, this is his final year playing. Yeah, he had some injuries, you know, out in Florida and wasn't able to put it all together. But he, you know, they did their due diligence. They think he is healthy, and if he can do it for you for one season, then great. Uh, but you're not really investing long term into into his injury history, so it's just a high risk, high reward. Low risk, high reward type of situation. And then, how do you think uh, Jernigan versus Carlton shakes out for the other starting spot? I think it has to be Carlton. Um, I think Jernigan is. I you know what? Honestly, I would say that Carlton probably starts, and then you know, Jernigan is the guy pushing for Reese's um, snaps just in mm. case you know he's not able to to be healthy all the time. What what's your projection for you know this unit as a whole? 
that's you know I'll, it, we were just talking about the defensive line like it comes down to how much they mesh with the defensive line right especially if we're sending them on on pass rush and we need to get a little bit of extra pressure if the defensive line isn't winning their battles or you know commanding some double teams then these all, all outside linebackers not going to do real much um i think they'll be fine in coverage i think they'll be fine you know covering the edges but it's where getting the quarterback was one of our biggest issues on defense last year. And um, we had to send extra guys to do it just because the front, you know, four or five guys weren't getting it done. You're a hundred percent right. It definitely jumps out of my tally sheet is when they're rushing for, they just don't get pressure. I mean, the only time it worked was when we were running our like NASCAR speed package against Mm -hmm. Arizona. That was like the only game that it worked. Yeah. Um, And like, if you're only getting pressure against Arizona, you're not getting pressure. Exactly. Uh, So yeah, I think, uh, this unit has a has probably the most to prove, but they're also highly dependent on how well the defensive line shakes out as well. Um, yeah, I mean that's just the structure of the defense. Yeah. Like if the if the defense if the in- interior of the defensive line is not absorbing double teams, you know, is not threatening the offensive line, then they can just you know. Hey, I, I got you know I, I can put out a tackle you know or a tackle and a tight end you know whatever and and just like take these guys on because they're not because the whole point is that these guys are speedier you know like yeah. these are 250 240 pound guys you know they're you know and uh, the if if you double team them they're going nowhere so yeah yeah one uh one fun nickname here for you Adam is a uh, big Miles Williams we have two Miles Williams on the roster. This mm-hmm. outside linebacker is Miles with a Y. They call him Big Miles Williams, and then to shorten that, they call him BMW. Okay, I like that. I I always like the old school feel of the like big blank blank too. Yeah. You know, like like Big Adam Tramiel. If I was yes. big, that'd be yes. good. I like that. I like that quite a bit. BMW. Yes. Yes. And honestly, that's a good NIL opportunity if you really. Take it, it is. Off. It is. There's like two <laughs> BMW dealerships in the area. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. There is. <laughs> they're waiting to uh, see what happens on the field i think <laughs> yeah i know and like he gets a sack and it's like yeah put a beamer in the sack yeah all right so uh <laughs> hell yeah so uh inside linebackers yes uh so uh losing three guys to the portal uh femi oladejo um who was uh, i i think i would describe as a starter uh last year yeah um and then uh two not very used uh uh backups ryan puskas and and trey pastor um mm-hmm. Uh, bringing back everybody else, um, uh, uh, Jackson Sermon, who was the other starter, uh, Muelu Iasefa, um, Nate Richena, Blake Ancelados, Hunter Barth, uh, Caleb Ilamzar, um, and uh, Kyle Sooto, um, who all were sort of you know used sort of sparingly as as backups, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, f- a few tackles, but really they were pretty much putting Oladejo and, and Sermon on the field for 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 almost all the snaps. Yep. Um, you know, uh, they brought in um, Sergio Allen um, from Clemson, who's a former four star. Uh, they've got a freshman joining in the fall, Cave uh, Cade Ulave. Mm-hmm. Um, if I got all that right. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if you mentioned Hunter Barth moved down to inside linebacker from safety. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, I I pretty much just see the question as you know who replaces Oladejo, and I pretty much see the answer as Sergio Allen, and so pretty yeah. much I don't see this as an interesting unit to talk about. <laughs> uh, is that do I have that right? Yeah, I think this this unit definitely is the is the one unit on 
probably the entire team where you kind of look down the the deep and you're like yeah i'm not i'm not mad at any like at any of them and i'm not like it's they're just going to be solid like yeah. it's just that's just that's i mean just I, I to be honest like, you know i wasn't wild about jackson sermon at washington i wasn't wild about him at cal but like i mean i think he's replacement level i guess i'd put it that way you know like i don't think he was necessarily responsible for cal's defensive problems but i don't think he was like responsible for cal's defensive successes either he was you know a linebacker um yep. I think Sergio Allen's sort of interesting because, you know, he was a, you know, he was a four star at Clemson. So that's a pretty good pedigree. But like, you know, he basically didn't play last year. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I, I failed to do my homework. Do you know why that was? I actually have no idea. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, looking at his, I'm looking at his player sheet right now uh, from Clemson from 2020 to 2022, played in all 16 games off the bench during his three seasons, contributed eight tackles. Posted career highs of nine games played in five stops as in 2021 as a retro freshman and had two tackles in five games during his 2020 true freshman campaign and one tackle over two games in 2022 as a sophomore. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I, I read the same biography, yeah, but like I didn't it. read any media reports. Like, was he injured or no, it's did, probably just a depth chart. Yeah, like beats me. So like, you know. I don't know, man. Some one of us is gonna have to do some homework. Uh, <laughs> it's not gonna be me though. It's probably I'm just gonna, me. It's probably me. I'll I'll do it for you, Hitlade. Yeah, I'll do it okay, for you by, so by I'll, the start of fall camp. I'll just yeah, I'll I'll send a I'll put up a link to a right for Cal article that shames you into doing your work. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, but it, like, okay, you know, great Clemson, you know, 247 thought he was good. Clemson thought he was good and then he didn't play. So like question mark, um, you know, I, I guess if he doesn't really work out, which is a possibility, um, there are some, you know, hey, Iosefa and Ruchena and Anzalajos has, you know, been playing some snaps for like three years now. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess they could fill in. Uh, I don't really have super high expectations for this unit. I don't have like low expectations either. Um, that's sort of that. That's how I feel. Do you think I'm wrong to feel that way? No, I feel the same way. I think that, that this unit, it's going to do exactly what they're asked of. And they're not going to be game changers like, you know, the inside linebacker groups that we had in years past with, you know, Jordan Kanasich and, and the Evan Weavers. Yeah. Um, but they're not going to be, as you said, they're not going to be the reason that our defense is bad. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to come down just like every article that I read about Cal. It's going to come down to whether or not the good defensive line player or not. Probably. Yeah. I do think, though, Sergi Allen, ha he has looked good over spring ball. I, I was very surprised. Um, I thought they were bringing him maybe as just a kind of like a David Reese, right? Just kind of like a mm. low risk, high reward type of thing. But I think with Allen, they might have actually gotten a guy that's that's fly that flew under the radar a little bit. Like if he's playing, if he if he's playing like this here, it might have just been an issue at Clemson where they just recruited over him and they got mm -hmm. someone better, and that's why he didn't get playing time. Not that he was sure. playing badly, so. If that's yeah, the but case, you know, like, Clemson put so it. many people like Clemson is a team that like when that happens, you still see the guy playing in backup time. No, true. You know, and still see that guy accumulating like 20 tackles in garbage time. And the <laughs> fact that he only played in two like makes me think either injury or something else, yeah. which is like I wish some journalist wrote a story about that. <clears throat> yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about the defensive backfield. Got it. Um. Uh okay, so Lou Hearns was injured. I mean, he was dealing with something nagging the entire season. Um, and I think it just uh I don't know when it happened, but it just happened. 
and but now he's fully healthy. Uh, do you think he's a good cornerback? Oh, that's a that's a good question. I think. Wow, uh, what an answer, Rob! <laughs> do you have to interview him soon? Like, I mean, I I do like his style of play, uh, and I do like just his demeanor that he brings to the position. He's he's very instinctual when it comes to playing as a DB. There are some moments where I'm like, oh, I wish you didn't take that risk there. I wish you would have just made the the solid stop. Um, but, you know, everyone in the Cal fan base is just enamored with him because he just exploded onto the scene as a freshman when we all expected him to basically just be the kicker turner for the team. All right. Uh, for what I'm about to say, I should preface by saying coaches – Coaches yell at players because they expect better of them. And also coaches can't yell at players who they don't have. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't draw a line between, you know, uh, he's yelling at a player a lot. And so therefore he's the problem. So having said that, I highly recommend listening to Justin Wilcox's post game press conferences. They are super entertaining because he may be the maddest person on earth. If any human being ever actually hulks out <laughs> and turns into a big giant green rage monster, it's going to be Justin Wilcox because he, he like is constantly oh just God. barely constraining his anger at the end of every game. Um, and it's with his defense because he's a defensive guy. And here's, the thing is that like people will ask him questions uh, about like you know what went wrong and, and with this and that and like he will actually give you highly specific answers about like you know here's where we were out of position on this play and here's what went wrong mm -hmm. now he won't actually give you the actual name of the player because like he's too professional for that but yeah. uh, since just finished charting the game because like i don't watch the press conference until i finish charting the game mm -hmm. right um and it's actually and so like i have the decoder ring right like i i i got it out of my <laughs> box of cracker jacks and like so like i know the play that he's talking about and so like I, I have figured out like okay it was this guy who screwed up in this way and then to go hear the you know coach say like it was this guy who screwed up in this way it's like a huge confidence booster for me to be like hey the coach diagnosed it in the same way yeah. it's almost like i know what i'm doing right so like that's great um so you know who the guy who he's like yelling at the most it's probably lou yeah so like it's yeah. funny to hear you say like the whole fan base is enamored with lou hearns like justin wilcox is not enamored with lou hearns like if he ever dies of an aneurysm like the the surgeons are going to go in and the blood vessel that bursts is going to say lumagio hearns on it like <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> I mean, something about those press conferences too, like people, people ask me all the time. They're like, why don't you ask harder questions? I was like, well, one, I don't want my head to be torn off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and two, it's like, this is a working relationship. Like if you've ever been in those press conferences, like there, there, you have to pick and choose your battles in which to ask questions. Because like, if you ask some question and he's in a bad mood, they're never going to let you answer, ask questions. If ever he again. is in a bad mood, <laughs> if, <laughs> what is a good mood for him? <laughs> And it usually has to do with pizza. If it's if it's if it's a pizza, he's all right. So okay. angry. Okay, good actually, to know. good to know. So here's a question that I should ask you just to make sure, because Cal's official roster does just list everybody as defensive back. So yeah. let me first uh, make sure. Here are the guys who I think are cornerbacks. Okay. Um, I believe that in addition to Lumaji Hearns, who obviously mm -hmm. is, I believe that Jeremiah Irby is yes. a cornerback. Colin Gamble. Yes. Or Isaiah Colin, Young. Colin might be the slot guy, but yes, corner. Okay. Um, Isaiah Young, yes. Uh, Tyson McWilliams? Uh, kind of safety-ish. 
but yeah, I uh, yeah, I would I would say cornerback. Okay. Um, the two portal guys, Noel Williams um, from UNLV. Yes. And uh, Kalen Moore from Colorado, obviously. I watched him at Colorado for all that time. <laughs> yes. Um, I think the uh, the guys who are safeties are Craig Woodson, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, Raymond Woody. Yep. Uh, Dewan Butler. Mm-hmm. Caleb Higgins. Um, Cam Sidney. Um, the portal guy, Patrick McMorris from San Diego State. Yep. Uh, the Juco, Matthew Littlejohn. Um, and I think the freshman who's coming in, uh, Silasa Vadrali, yeah. um, I think he's going to be a safety. Yeah. Size. Right. Pro- yeah. I don't know where size is going to go. He's just one okay. hell of an athlete, but we'll see. Um, I don't think they lost any cornerbacks. Um, no. I think they did lose three guys who I would call safeties. Uh, uh, Daniel Scott. Um, who I was the like. NFL. Yep. Uh, Demetric Jackson. Um, it was sort of a backup. And then I think they just lost Fatu Yusefa, although I don't think I saw him play. Um, I think he just hopped in the portal. Yep. Okay. Um, so the interesting thing to me in the spring game was the portal guy, Noel Williams from yep. UNLV, a low three star. Um, uh, it seemed to jump like everybody. You know, he was playing ahead of Jeremiah Irby and mm-hmm. Colin Gamble and Isaiah Young and, and Tyson Williams. Like mm-hmm. he was playing with the ones with Lumaji Hearns. Yep. Um, is that because guys were hurt, or is that because, as I believe, uh, Justin Wilcox is pissed off with those guys and he thinks they stink, and Noel Williams is, you know, who he <laughs> thinks is who should be playing. I don't know if that's the reason, uh, but I do know Noel Williams has been playing out of his mind during mm-hmm. spring ball and he's he's you know anyone who asks me like who's been your your standout for spring ball it's Noel Williams mm-hmm. I did not think he was going to come in and play this good right away um, he has and I I'm 99% sure he's pro- at this point already locked up that other defensive back starting position what if I told you that I believe you that he has that position locked up, but not because I think that he is a super good um, cornerback, but just because I think he's better than Irby and Gamble, and that's not saying much. How would you react to that take, Rob? I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, just because even with Irby and uh, with Higgins, or Higgins not as much because he's actually played a little bit, but you know, Irby's a true sophomore, you know, barely any snaps last year, or some snaps last year. But Noel Williams, you know, was a starter at UNLV, played against mm-hmm. us as well early in the year. Yeah, that was um, kind of a fun twist. Yeah, so, you know, to and the guy has nice size, right? 6'1", 195, mm-hmm. and has experience. I, that's not surprising at all that you bring in another another guy from, you know, Division One football and he takes the starting job. You know, I know that, like, Irby was a true freshman last year. It was, you know, any – what do you think about, like, hey, sophomore jump? You know, like, am I being unfair to him? Uh, no, I think uh, I hope he has a sophomore jump. I thought he, I thought he was really good in certain moments um, last year, playing. I mean, despite it being his true freshman year, I think he he handled it pretty well. Um, and that's probably the guy out of the cornerbacks that I kind of hope take that takes that next uh, step up from, especially the younger guys. Higgins was the guy that, you know, we all really liked coming out of high school, but hasn't really taken the next step. So I saw him playing, I guess what I would describe as the nickelback position, but with the twos in the spring game, Caleb Higgins, I'm talking about. Um, Yeah, I guess I have been sort of surprised that, you know, 
because I, 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 you're right. Like he did have some like hype coming out of high school, but like I don't think I saw him on the field last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, if if Earby, who's a true freshman, jump jumps over you, and you've been in the system for two years, that usually doesn't bode really well um, for you from uh, being on the depth chart. Um. So in the safeties, uh, Craig Woodson obviously has his job. Yeah. Um, Scott, as I said, departs, uh, um, you know, Miles Williams come back. Um, I, I, you know, Patrick Morris comes in from San Diego state, although I think that happened after the spring game. Yeah. That literally happened a couple days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, he was pretty well used at San Diego state. They liked him a lot. I know that. Um, I, I feel like you know, between, you know, Miles Williams, Raymond Woody and Patrick McMorris that like, that's probably how they're going to solve it. Um, yeah. I'll, and, I'll, the other you know, side. we're just kind of done. Like, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, just looking at McMorris's numbers, um, I think McMorris is, they're bringing him in to vie for the starting spot. They're not bringing him in as just like a, a depth guy. Uh, and I, I do think from a production standpoint, he's do you probably, mean to like just straight up replace Scott? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I he his production numbers like already are bet, probably better than Ray Woody or Miles Williams's. So I think you're you're bringing him to to kind of take that starting role. Um, I was seeing uh, the JUCO Matthew Littlejohn play uh, nickelback with the ones. Do you yeah. think that's his job? I think that that probably is his job locked up. I think it's that's uh, that's one of the positions that we've been missing, um, especially with Gamble out. I think if Gamble is playing. Um, he was he was out due to injury. If Gamble's playing, I think it's it's Gamble maybe as one A and Little John as one B. Um, but yeah, if Gamble's unavailable, Little John's job. So uh, if if we're filling out if if they're playing a game uh, tomorrow, um, and they they have McMorris, I understand like they they don't quite have him yet. But like let's <laughs> pretend, it. okay, you know if they're if they're playing a game. You know, we're probably looking at cornerbacks, uh, Hearns and uh, Noel Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Nickel, uh, Little John slash Gamble, mm-hmm. you know, 1A, 1B. Uh, and then deep safeties, uh, Woodson and McMorris. Yeah, that's that's how I would project it. And then like Miles Williams and Raymond Woody is like rotational guys. Yeah, behind Woodson. and and, yeah. and Young as rotational corners. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense to me. Is what the rotation is. Okay, is that a good defensive backfield? I think it is. Um, I know. I also know that they're going after guys in the portal. I think they're expecting to lose a few guys. There's a really there's a few other portal guys that I've seen over the last forty eight hours that have said that you know they they've been talking to Cal. Um, and they're like, you know they're starting caliber guys, so I think they're expecting to. I think they're trying to to revamp that room like fully and bring in guys not as depth, but guys that'll compete for the starting role. So that could change come uh, come fall camp. But as of right now, I think it's not a. It's definitely not one of the worst or the the lesser of the defensive back rooms in the Pac-12. Um, do I think it's in the top three? Probably not, but I could. I could make a case for it being somewhere in the top five. So uh, several weeks ago, uh, Jim Knowlton uh, <laughs> sits down at his computer and uh, he Googles uh, uh, 
and you know this takes him a while because that, that guy's got to be a hunting peck typer, right? Like <laughs> single fingers. Cal I bet you he bings actually. <laughs> Golden yeah. Bears. Men's basketball. <laughs> oh my god, three wins. And so so he fires Marks Fox, right? Mm. Uh and so the next thing that he Googles is what is basketball? <laughs> right, he finds out what that is. Um oh and so so, so he uh winds up hiring uh, some, some guy. Uh, play basketball at Stanford right a little while ago. Yeah, I mean, if you're Cal, you got to upgrade somehow, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, like, I guess we'll see how that goes. I guess. What do you think is going to happen when he gets around to googling Cal football? Oh man, that's a good question. Because this is year seven for Justin. This is year seven. Um, as of right now, do do you want the the cold hard facts version of like reality. That is always my preference. That, Rob. That's Why your preference. I want anything else? <laughs> um, honestly, I, mean, I, think, I will also take the entertaining value when you're done. Like, yeah. honestly, realistically speaking, look, he gave him the extension to twenty eight to, to the twenty eight twenty nine season uh, before last season, right? <laughs> so, from a financial standpoint alone you can't make it work because you've also just fired Mark Fox and you're still paying him. So you're, and also Justin's contract with that extension now is, is so early on in that extension that the buyout is massive unless he goes winless or like, you know, like a two and 10 season here, he's going to get at least two or three more years, particularly even more so because, you know, we, we talked about this all the time. Like this was the first coordinator that he fired, and you know how all coaches get at least one coordinator firing uh, before they're fired. Mm. So I think this was his his true one, right? And the Bo Baldwin thing—they just kind of let the contract expire and they kind of moved him on. Yeah, this like is a, f- a couple of them, he sort of seemed to have gotten for free, like they sort yeah. of escaped. Yeah, but this is the one. This is the first one where they actually like paid to to have him exit the building. Um, so yeah, I think especially with the new offensive coordinator coming into and the kind of the little bit of the hype that, uh, Spav brought back into the building, he'll get at least two years. So I don't know. He could Google it. I think he's avoiding Googling it like the plague, at least for the next two years, because once again, just like the Mark Fox hiring, he is going to have to somehow convince the donors that it wasn't his mistake by giving Justin an extension or by hiring Mark Fox, right? He has to he has to somehow get that money. <laughs> so I think you're they're gonna wait at least until that uh like is the CRISPR money coming in yet? <laughs> uh yeah, I will see when the UCLA money starts to come in, right? Um, yeah, right. Aren't... But yeah, it's that's that's the cold hard facts version of it, I think. Barring like just everything up in flames over the next two years, which I don't think happens. I think Justin keeps the floor, you know, at the five, six win slot. Um, it's I mean, just, we've been at the floor. Five, for the six past. wins is like year six is that's insane. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's that. But that's what once again, that's the cold hard facts about it. If we had not given him the extension, I think if he goes another five wins this year, he's probably fired after this season. But the fact is he's not <laughs> now basketball would have killed for six wins all right so <laughs> it's all perspective uh, oh 
Oh man. Oh, man. <laughs> well, after getting through this interview, uh, Rob, I, I can I can hear why you hate us, but I, I hope this. <laughs> If if your PTSD is triggered, I hope that this is more therapy than than just you know Fourth of July fireworks going off the whole check, time. And... Check back in with me in like another three months when you do your season preview. That's <laughs> what I'll beat let us. you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> deep deep duck agent Justin Wilcox doing his job. You know, Oregon yeah. tried first. They planted Je- Jeff Tedford. You know, with <laughs> Cal former mm-hmm. from Oregon assistant Jeff Tedford, who destroyed the academic side. You know. Mm-hmm. And this is like the Hurt Locker. Like, we're trying to bring him in from the cold, and he's like, no, I got to get back out there. My connections are too deep. Now, Justin Wilcox is destroying their financials. I love it. Look, even Steve Graywood's still around, so you know. Hell yeah, that's right. Uh, Rob, it is always a pleasure talking to you, Um, and it is also a pleasure visiting or, well, listening to the California Golden Bear cast, which you can find on Twitter, at Golden Bear cast. And it's also, uh, I mean... If you need to know about any Cal team, please Bing right for Cal because that is an absolutely great site. Uh, I mean, it's truly that's the place you go. And I just want to say, uh, I mean, I really do respect uh, after the whole SB Nation thing that you guys were able to make such a quality site, you know, uh, like really what feels like on your own. Hey, man, it was a lot of of, uh, meetings and work for, you know, the. 15 16 of us uh to get that going but it's worked out great for us so far so we're all right absolutely well i I really do mean it it's a great site y'all and and we all know that if you're a duck fan then you're secretly a cow fan (laughs) too um yeah and uh day as always i'm glad you uh do this insane amount of work and uh i hope that you always do it (laughs) Um, (laughs) i'm not i'm certainly not gonna do it Uh, All right, yes. Uh, Okay, we'll see y'all next week. Quack, quack. And uh, uh, roar. Uh, This is the second week to roar. What else does a bear do but roar? But uh, yeah, there you go. See y'all next week.